hello and welcome back to the Teacher Takeaway podcast for episode four for a special edition for this episode called the Long Weekend Edition. I'm joined by our lovely hosts, Beck West. Hello. And Alice Vigors. Hi. And unfortunately, Aaron is unable to join us tonight. He's currently ill. And that's why we've modified this um, episode to be the Long Weekend Edition because we know how you guys are all feeling out there, so a little bit different. And our key inquiry question for this episode is how do we keep the magic alive in the classroom? Because we are all aware currently as we are getting to the end of our units of work that we, we sometimes find our students become disengaged. So we're going to be talking about some different types of fun um, activities that we can do to, to bring the magic back alive in the classroom. And I'm going to start with you, Beck. over to you to think about of some of the different things that you've done within your classroom experience of the kids, they're becoming disengaged, they're getting tired, you're getting tired. What do you do to keep the magic alive? I'm going to recall a very specific one that happened only a few years ago when I was on class, a year two class, and it was at this time of year, it was report writing time. And I remember one particular day was just horrendous. It was one of those days where you think, is there a full moon? Because they're just bouncing off the walls. They're not engaging, not doing any of their work. The behavior is crazy and chaotic and you don't know what's going on. And I just reflected at the end of the day and I realized, wow. I've been, you know, working so hard with the kids and they have been working so hard as well that, you know, it had all built up in them as well. And I just decided, do you know what? Tomorrow is going to be something different and fun and obviously still learning, but not necessarily in such a rigid way that we had done before. And I set up what I called creation stations and it was literally the entire day. So I had a Lego station, a crafting station, a technology station. I had, uh, I think there was a, a, a literacy station with other types of activities. I remember there was a maths one as well, but because I called them creation stations, I didn't tell the kids that they were doing some kind of learning. It was all hands-on, really engaging and still connected to the stuff that we were doing in the classroom, but it was just so hands-on and so play-based that the kids loved it. And they literally just went from station to station throughout the day. We still had fruit break and, and all those other regular things that we did uh, throughout the day, you know, doing the role and, and that kind of thing. But it really just, <sighs> like you could feel that <laughs> sense in the classroom and brought it back to them. And they would even ask, like, when are we going to do another creation station? So I managed to embed some of that a little bit into the literacy rotations moving forward. They would go to that creation station, uh, really highly engaged, even if it was just a normal literacy activity, because I called it a creation station and they linked it with that really fun, engaging day. It was just a way to, yeah, bring, bring that magic back to the classroom after a really stressful sort of report period it was lots of fun isn't it isn't it interesting sometimes with our kids that the way that we sell something and, and the <laughs> words that we use and and when we get excited about it as well the the change that it happens it, that's really interesting how about you Alice is there an example of how you have kept the magic alive in the classroom as we go through to week nine and ten um well I was just thinking about um just the classroom environment and how particularly for me this term we haven't been very kind of creative with our learning space and we haven't kind of changed it up a little bit too much um, for various reasons and it just reminded me that you know 
often times, and I've done this over quite a number of years with different um, classes that I've had, is that we, you know, at the end of the term, I set them a classroom design challenge and kind of say to them, well, you know, we've had this arrangement for a while now and, you know, it's worked well, but I think it's time to kind of change it up and you're going to design the room, but you need to, and I kind of integrate maths into it. You know, you need to look at what is the area of this space. So measuring that space, looking at, you know, the, the area and the perimeter, the areas of the tables and the kind of perimeters that they need with all their chairs and coming up, they have to design a plan and they kind of do a voting system. And, but it really kind of gets the kids thinking about the space and how, how all of the different spaces within our room operate and work and function and how to get the most out of the learning, you know, environment that we've got. And I find the kids are just like, they just eat that, that up. And that's, you know, I was thinking when, when we were chatting earlier that I was like, Oh, I should, should do that again. I need to revamp my environment and bring, you know, bring some excitement back into the There's room. There's so much as student we... voice in that too. There All is. That autonomy. Yeah. yeah. And it means I don't have to decide this. <laughs> <laughs> they have student and agency. Absolutely. <laughs> and I loved the designs that they come up. They come up with some really quirky things and we sit down and we talk about, you know, we have a look at all the designs and, and talk about, you know, well, why would that work and why would that not work? And, you know, what's really innovative about the way that you've approached that design? And they end up kind of merging all of the different parts that they like of all the different designs that the kids have thought of, the groups have thought of. And we come up with this, you know, amazing space that they have ownership over, they've created and designed. And it's just a really nice it's kind of, yeah inclusive it provides that opportunity as well doesn't it Alice that you get to see the kids in a different way you get to see how they're I guess more of those soft skills and in a less uh, I guess structured way Mm. where you're seeing the students how they communicate how they work in a team but still getting that student agency and voice about the creation of the space as well within it absolutely and particularly like you know we're in the middle of report writing time or handing them to supervisors and whatnot and you know I often use that is a perfect example of, you know, being able to apply the math skills we've learned throughout the term. Yep. You know, you have to apply your knowledge of area, of perimeter, of multiplication, you know, being able to measure length. Like, it, yeah, it encompasses lots of mathematical skills and the ability then to, you know, communicate as and work as a group and lots of all those soft, you know, what we call soft skills. Soft skills yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's a fun kind of way to to tie everything together and keeps the kids engaged no that's fantastic and one way that um reflecting upon both what you said beck and alice of of what i've done in the last two weeks of keeping the magic alive in the classroom was with a stage three class um was basically making and presenting of split all the students were split up into small groups they were all given an ipad and they were all given a little bit of a scenario saying that they were at the school they were called the news team and what they needed to do was to create a news report based upon the learning of what we've done in um, 5-6G. So they all had to work in little groups, brainstorm and reflect upon their learning in each key learning area, but they needed to present the information in an engaging way. So it was interesting. And this one kind of t- took about three or four days and it would, they presented at the end of the week, but it was interesting them 
working within different groups, thinking about and working as a team of communicating, putting a script down, going back through their books, looking of what they've learning and presenting it in a bit of a fun way. And then on the Friday, sharing their learning through, through that video. And it was an easy little thing for us to look back on at the end of the year as well, uh, a bit more of an artifact and something from the students. So that was something, a little bit of a fun activity that I did is breaking them within small groups and news groups. And again, getting excited about it as well. Um, it was really interesting seeing seeing some of the kids and what they presented. Were they reporting on um, a different KLA? Because it sounds like you've integrated like technology and speaking. What was the unit that they were reflecting yeah, on? Well, for each group, they were reflecting on all the learning. So not each group oh, wow. was saying doing science, history. So it was interesting when um, students were watching and then giving feedback on it. It was interesting. Some groups missed out key learning areas. So you were really able to see what the students found engaging like if they all of them left out a key learning area was it because the delivery i did of the content or was it that, <laughs> that they didn't really value it as much so it was really interesting to see what the kids got excited about and what was, a reflection of news too didn't make yeah, the headlines that, <laughs> whatever didn't make the headlines i wouldn't have thought about why why didn't it make the headlines but it was a bit of a fun way and again it, it's it's something that Oh, I know I've had a lot of conversations with teachers. Sometimes we feel guilty when, when it gets towards the end of the year and we're like, we've got to do this. But sometimes those staff room thoughts or, oh, I don't have anything planned at the moment. And, hey, we're not advocating for not being planned, but we're real. <laughs> we're realists. And sometimes we're not. Sometimes those sometimes thoughts are the best lessons. Sometimes things happen. School exactly. excursions get cancelled. That's it exactly happens. Right. You need to pull something out of your hat. <laughs> exactly it's, it's, right. Wet weather. Yes. And you can't Freezing go out for weather. PE. <laughs> exactly right. And it's a oh, snow day. <laughs> and uh, exactly right at orange today. <laughs> we often too like it, and we're not saying don't be structured in your classroom environment because we know like our clear expectations, if we still don't have them, behavior is going to rise. But it's still having your clear expectations, but a little bit more fun, you know, within your classroom. Because when you've done that, Back, back over to you when you've changed it in these last couple of weeks of keeping the magic alive what have you learned by doing that is there anything you've learned further from your kids by creating those opportunities I think the biggest thing I've learned and this is consistent throughout my career is that those opportunities that are really innovative really creative and highly engaging for our kids are usually the things that integrate across our curriculum. So, Alice, you were talking about the fact that maths was in there, but I was also hearing art design. Yep. If you got on the computer, you'd bring tech into that. If they were working in, uh, in groups collaboratively, there's all of that collaboration and critical thinking that goes on. Um, and even the, the, the speaking aspect and, yep. and the sharing and the feedback and the reflection, so many different aspects that come into it. And I, I think that um, the more that we can build those links for kids, they will be more engaged because they forge those links together, which is interesting because my own daughter was only telling me the other day that she is really enjoying maths now because she's starting to make those links. She understands it better. Therefore, she enjoys it more. So I, I, that's what we need to forge for our kids when we're creating something that's, that's innovative. And those are the things that make magic happen for our kids yeah. on a regular basis, not just and in the last two weeks. <laughs> they're, they're rich opportunities to apply learning. Like, you know, in a fun and engaging yep. way, it's not just, oh, you know, here's here's an assignment and, you know, show me what you know. It's, yeah. you know, here's a, here's a fun task that, you know, you may or may not realise that you're actually learning. 
that's and applying right. the yeah. skills that you have learned and you can kind of see those skills in action and you think yeah they've really you know grasped that concept and they're now able to apply it here and there and you know run with the things that we've learned and it's it's really exciting it is because it's it's interesting when when we think about it that we tend to do these activities whether it is towards the end of the term or whether it's when an excursion's cancelled it's you know whether it's a long day when I often find when, when we do these activities, we learn so much about the kids because it's interesting yeah. their perception about, oh, this is really fun. And we're not, it's because they think that they're not we're doing not this learning. formal thing. Yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> Maha, we conception. got you. That's right. <laughs> it, it's, it's really, really interesting. Is, is there any other things you've learned, Alice, by, or by doing um, these type of activities? Um, I was only just thinking um, a moment ago that, the stage one team at my school and a big shout out to them. They've <laughs> gone, they've been reading the um, the day the crayons quit. And this week um, my son came home from year two and he said, oh, mum, our chairs quit today. I was like, what do you mean your chairs quit today? And he said, we got to school and they were all covered in tape and they just, they wrote us a letter and said, no, you've not been treating us well. You've been swinging on them and not doing the right thing. And so we're no longer going to be your chairs. So they were all stacked up in the corner. And he said, Mum, we had to persuade them to come back. And, and oh, I you know, love we, this. we had to promise that we, you know, we would do all of these, you know, things and be good with our chairs. And he was so excited to tell me about these chairs and how we did, you know, this is how I persuaded them and this is what I wrote. And I thought, oh, you know, a kid who struggles with writing is coming home talking about how much fun he had writing about, you know, trying to persuade these chairs to come back. And Based on how those stage one teachers presented the learning to their children, like how they went that little bit of extra mile different, yeah. like you were saying, a, a disengaged sometimes writer was able then to successfully engage in the process. Yeah. I think that's... And couldn't wait to tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got another one for that. Yes. Add on. Go for it, Beth. I did. So I I played Dungeons and Dragons with my Ooh. kids. Oh, it you're, was, yes. Did, you love Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons. I know. I'm a bit of an, <laughs> a nerd that way. Um, but it was one of those things where I realised my kids weren't really just into narratives which surprised me because that's normally the bit that kids get into you know I can say and do anything I want and I normally go really over and above uh, and crazy when I'm telling the kids about you know when we're doing a narrative or just a creative piece I should say just any kind of creative piece doesn't have to have a narrative structure just being creative in our writing I'll say to them this means you have permission to say anything you want in your writing. You can say Mrs. West has boogers coming out of her nose and they're pouring <laughs> down her dress and she slipped over from her own boogers. Like, Funny. you know, <laughs> that's the kind of thing I'll tell my kids to really try and get that engagement. And this particular class just wasn't really having a bar of it. They, they didn't really care that they could write, that I gave them permission to write things <laughs> like that about me. Um And this was about, I don't know, six months or so after I had started playing Dungeons and Dragons myself. And I realized Dungeons and Dragons is just a narrative that never really ends until the the people playing the game decide that it ends. So I went in and I liked the fact that, um, you know, the roll of the dice 
will help force kids to make decisions in their creative writing. So for those of you who don't play Dungeons and Dragons, essentially you're on a quest or a journey with your group of people, which are your main characters, and the decisions that you make come from the roll of a dice. So you have a 20-sided dice, essentially. There's lots more complexity to this. This is the basic (laughs) version of it. Um, And obviously, if you roll a 20, that's really, really good. Essentially, that's like, yes, you can do the thing that you want to do. If you roll a one, no, you don't get to do that. Something bad happens. So I would teach the kids that when they came to a point in their creative writing and they weren't sure what to do, you would have to go and roll a 20-sided dice. Die. And so if their character was like, you know, at the base of a mountain uh, and they suddenly thought of something crazy, like, you know, I'm going to jump over the mountain, roll the dice. If the dice says 20, yeah, your character gets to jump all the way over that mountain and do whatever they want. Um, You know, you roll a one or something lower. It's like, no, you tripped over a rock and fell flat on your face. And now you have (laughs) mud on your face and you can't climb up the mountain, little things. And obviously this was scaffolded, but it ended with them making these really creative stories about their characters to the point where one um, group of kids that were working on one together even made, um, what do you call it, like an orientation story, an origin story about the character's weapon. So think like Thor with Molnir with the hammer of Thor and how that has its own origin story. The kids were doing this to their characters as well and they were just so into it because they thought they were playing a game. (laughs) 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 it was so fun doing it that way to the point where those kids who were disengaged wanted to write about these fantasy creatures that they had in their story was it when you were doing that process were were you excited about it I was so excited about it so much so that the people that I played Dungeons and Dragons with I played on a Friday night like online the way we are now with like a video chat thing we would play that way they were like what are the kids up to in their story? And I would be telling them excitedly, like, yeah, these these kids have decided that they have what we call a familiar, a creature that they can talk to. The kids didn't know anything about this. I didn't introduce the concept of familiars to them. They just went, yeah, yeah, this character is going to have an animal and they have the ability to speak with each other. Just this inferred stuff that comes out. Um, And so, yeah, of course I was more excited about it. It meant that I went into it with a positive mindset, this really excited attitude. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, we've got to tick creative writing off our list and let's go and put some adjectives in something. You know, it was really fun. (laughs) Alice, do you find when we we do these different types of learning tasks and we're feeling, I guess, a little bit more relaxed and we're feeling a little bit excited, do you notice the different level of engagement from your students? Absolutely. And and my you know, interaction with the kids because I'm feeling, oh, yeah, like, you know, we're just going to have fun with this. I get in there and and have fun with them and the kids are like, they just, their engagement increases because I suppose it's not that, oh, you know, you know, we've got a, this is the kind of the the direction or the key idea that we've got to kind of move and mould around and it's kind of that little bit more freedom to kind of, to be creative and be innovative and, and, you know, oftentimes, and I find it in an, you know, an inquiry unit as well, that the kids, kids have far better ideas sometimes than what. Oh, 100%. What, We're just going to provide the opportunities. That's Absolutely. Right. It's, it's looking for those, you know, those golden moments and you just think, oh gosh, you know, 
why didn't I do this sooner? Like, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's the answer to our inquiry question. How do we keep the magic alive in the classroom? Yeah. Ask the kids. Ask yeah. Them. Ask, the, <laughs> ask the kids the importance of student voice and, yeah, and again, that how we, well, I shouldn't say how we sell the learning, but how we deliver the learning, like thinking about our body language and thinking about the tone that we're doing. Because I often yeah. find um, the way that um, the students perceive us or when we're going to, okay, boys and girls, today we're doing this and this and, oh, yeah. it's this, I'm not very, they yeah. then change their not, mindset to that. Absolutely. If we're not passionate about it and we're not excited about it, are the kids going to be excited yeah. about it? Yeah, they feed off like, positive just as much as negative, right. yeah. Absolutely. And if we're having a bad day and we're not feeling it, the kids aren't going to feel it either. Like it's just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. We've got to be... You know, if we've got that love of learning and, you know, oftentimes there are subjects that we love as yeah. primary teachers more than others. And, you know, the kids really pick up on the ones that we are passionate about and enthusiastic about. And, you know, they're the ones I often find I see the most engagement in. No. Whereas subjects that I, you know, that really challenge me. Yep as a teacher so things like you know music I'm not very, I'm not very <laughs> musical and so that's a real you know area of challenge for me yeah. you know drama and all that kind of stuff that's um, where integration works for us too though if we can combine things that we don't feel confident or as passionate about if we can link that to something that we are then that helps bridge that gap yeah, yeah. absolutely and and it's interesting as well like through through how you're saying there, Beck, the importance of integration. Because sometimes that level of integration can sometimes get that other little Johnny or Joanne in your class engaged because that's hitting on one of their strengths. And mm. this is from the little activities that we've we've discussed in this episode. It, it's a level of engagement as well. Is there any other little activities in this shorter episode, Beck or Alice, that you you want to share that you've done in your class about keeping the magic alive? I'd love to share the class restaurant. Yeah, this go is, for it. And for our beginning teachers, it's all the same stuff, innovative, creative. It used to be called rich task learning early in my career as well. So if you're going to Google something, you can always Google rich tasks um, and also, you know, project-based learning and action, uh, sorry, not action projects, I think they were called. Um, you'll find those ones. This was one where it was just tied in with, it was in tied in with literacy because we were looking at um, uh, procedural type texts and mathematics it just tied in perfectly with our, my class designed a restaurant so the idea was they had to write a menu with prices they had to calculate those things they had to figure out what they would uh, you know buy to make all these things and they decided that they would make a halloween themed restaurant and they actually made it like they decorated the tables, they put them up outside and we invited our other year four classes to come over. And this was a bit of fundraising for our end of year class party. So they sold, you know, the biscuits that look like they've got spiders, like the Arnott's biscuits with spiders and stuff. And they made what they called witch's hair, which was actually fairy wow. floss and a fairy floss machine. And they made a jelly with, you know, the chocolate frogs in it, but they came up with creative names. So the kids yeah, had yeah. to write this stuff out, edit it, proofread it. They had to print it out on the computer. They had hosts and hostesses seating the children. And so they had to calculate the number of tables they needed, the number of chairs, the time frame they needed to run the restaurant. There was just so much learning packed into it that they, they took it all on and just they were immersed in it for the day. And it was the most engaging thing 
that you could see our kids doing. I didn't run anything. I just monitored them. They ran the whole thing themselves. Wow. This was year four. And somewhere along the line, it did come from some student suggestion that was like, oh, this, this is just like a restaurant. We could make a restaurant kind of thing. And it just linked in beautifully. So if you've ever got that moment where you see, you know, your scope and sequences really aligning well, don't ignore the signs. Use it it's to your They're aligning. That's it. <laughs> You're aligning for the classroom restaurant. Let, That's it. Let, and this was year four. It was so yeah. cute. They even had little waistcoats from the costume store. <laughs> well, the amount of learning that you've got within that, Becky, basically hitting every outcome from your English syllabus, a, a lot of maths in there as, as well, as well as, you know, your creative arts and everything right there. And what, how engaging. Yeah, they loved yeah. it. It's one of my favourite ones to recall. <laughs> nice one to go to how about you Alice any other ones that you'd like to share with us um it was one I was thinking about doing actually with my class over the next kind of couple of days we've started to read um the book Rowan of Wren yeah oh, my stage three class and there's such rich language and and you know visual imagery in this text and one of the things that um we often did um at the Catholic school that I've come from was what was called a biblical micrography so it's kind of like you're creating an image, but the lines of the image are actually a passage of text. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, what a way to really combine the rich language of literature with the visual imagery in a text using the Rowan of Rin, getting them to create a visual representation of, you know, where we're up to in the story, yep. but use the words as the lines of, of what it is that they're creating as the image. I'm just trying to picture this. You're talking like there's there's the text print on the page that's creating the picture. Yep. Wow. Wait, do they, so they like cut this out and do it? You can, you, most of the time it? that I, they just kind of, they draw, they would sketch their picture yep. as if they normally would for a visual arts kind of lesson. And instead, like they do it quite lightly so that they can then replace each of those lines with text from you know, the passage that they're exploring or or representing in that image. So all of the lines end up being words, essentially. That's so cool. Yeah. So people can come yeah. along and, like, essentially read and view at the view. same time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, view that child's representation of those words. You'll have to report back to us, Alice, on, on how that pans out. We'll have or- to. I'll, I'll do it in the next, well, what are we, tomorrow, Friday. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> In the next couple like by the okay. end of we'll week nine, <laughs> by the end of week nine, I'll I'll have it done and I'll um I'll put some up on the teacher takeaway podcast yeah. page. I, I think that's so people sense. can like, see what it looks like. And that's what I challenge before we we wrap up the long weekend edition, a little bit different, a little bit um, less formal this episode. I challenge the all our great listeners out there over week nine and ten whether it's the ideas that you take away from this episode or something different that you've thought of, please tag us on socials at Teacher Takeaway of some of these ideas that we can share and um, just build across our community of some different little ideas that you've done in week nine and 10 to keep the magic alive in your classroom. We'd love to love to see your ideas of what, you, what you've taken away and some, so we can learn from you some things that we can try. Wrapping what else up. have you got oh, for sorry, us? Alice. I was about to say, what else have you got for us, James? Anything well, innovative or lacking on the innovative side? If I, if I quite not be... in his teaching people. He's just tired. It's yeah, that's right. Not in my not not in my my bag at 
of tricks at the moment. But oh, when all else fails, Lego. Just pull out Lego. Kids love Lego. Oh, <laughs> that's, Lego. That's right. So that's wrapping up this episode. Beck, over to you. What was your takeaway in this little the long weekend edition? Uh, still more ideas from Alice. That's <laughs> my key takeaway. <laughs> yes, tackle my brain when I'm report heavy <laughs> when and I've got great heavy. ideas. Still ideas. No, but I, I think the key takeaway from this is we really do need to share these ideas with our colleagues. However we, however we might think they're crazy or kooky or trippy, everything I've heard from you guys is awesome and we need to do that in our own teams as well. If you do something the kids really like, go share it with your teacher, neighbour or your supervisor because other people need to benefit from those great ideas. Absolutely. Great one. Great. And as James said, share, share, share. We want to see all of these great things. And tag is exactly right. Alice, what was your takeaway from tonight's episode? Um, I quite like the idea of the classroom restaurant. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, how how can I... uh, hook my year six maths group into into developing a restaurant or something creative like that to kind of round out our our maths for the term that's right and taking it to Fired the next, taking it to the next <laughs> level if getting the time permitting and bringing it to life yeah absolutely <laughs> that, that that'd be a, another creation i guess my takeaway from this episode four is that when we talk about keeping the magic alive in the classroom and it, it doesn't have to be in week nine or ten it, it can begin at different times but sometimes when we do these different types of more abstract thoughts where we're allowing students to express their understanding in a different time that our students are often more engaged we're more excited but we learn so much more about our students and like we said earlier on in the episode they forget that they're learning and that's what we want to challenge you guys do something different in week yeah. nine and ten don't feel guilty Give yourself permission. Give yourself permission and share (laughs) it with us. We want to hear about the fun and and the different things that you do in your classrooms because that's how we do to keep the magic alive in the classroom. And we should do it more often. Why don't we give ourselves permission? It's still learning. You don't need permission. It's still curriculum. Rich integration. That's right. And I think a a message that sometimes we can communicate within reason when I say this quote is that we we don't ask for permission, we ask for forgiveness. (laughs) Use that phrase a lot. Yeah, depending upon what what you're doing. And again, it's not just this random task you're doing. It's still tying and summarising different parts of your learning that you're doing in a in a in a fun and engaging way so thank you for joining us for episode four of the teacher takeaway um podcast and this episode was the long weekend edition it was a little bit different there's only going to be the one one part to this episode next week we'll be back to our our normal formalities we'll have Aaron back on board for episode five um thank you for bearing with us tonight a little bit different we hope you had fun with us we'll see you next episode thank you